Let's give it up for this amazing worship team behind us. Thanks for leading us in the presence of God. So good. So good. Let's give him a standing ovation. Come on. That was just, come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Thanks, y'all. Woo. So good. Amen. 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 <laughs> After that standing ovation, I don't know, maybe I got to do that every week now, but that was, that was just, I was just feeling it right there in the moment. All right, church, good morning. Good to see you. If I haven't met you, my name is Mitchell, and I'm the lead pastor here. I see a few new faces. Thanks for deciding to join us today. Uh, worship is just so powerful, so right to be in the presence of God with the people of God. This is so right every time. Every time. If you had the thought this morning, should I go to church or not, I'm glad you now have your answer. You're glad you're here, <laughs> so, and we're glad you're here, too. I'd love to meet you if you're a guest, so stop by the Connect uh, little banner right over there after the service. We have a gift for you as well. I'd love to shake your hand. Thank you for coming. Uh, but let me give a couple uh, quick reminders and announcements before we jump into the message this morning. And so today is, what, February 27th? Is that right? So on Tuesday, March is rolling around, and March is a huge month for us as a church. Here's a couple things that are happening. One is we have multiple teams from different Antiochs in the U.S. that are coming to Northwest Arkansas to do outreach, to share the gospel, to pray, and to bless and to serve our church community, which is so huge. These are different college ministries. One's from Boone, North Carolina, and one is from College Station, Texas. And they are coming up, college students are coming up to give up their spring break to come do outreach here. One crew is going to focus on doing some stuff at JBU, and the other crew is going to focus on doing some stuff at U of A. And so anyways, I want you guys to be prepared, particularly two Sundays from now, so March 13th, you're really going to feel that there's some people here. There's going to be an extra 100 people from College Station here in this room worshiping with us. So we're going to fill up the balcony. Don't worry, there's not an extra 100 seats. I know, I know, I can count too. I can count. We're going to fill up the balcony up there. We're also going to have, uh, some of them are going to volunteer to serve in kids ministry. A, a few of them are going to be in the prayer room, just praying for our service. So you're going to feel it in a couple weeks. Just brace yourself. Um, thankfully, you don't have to like get super early to save a parking spot. They're bringing buses and stuff, so they'll be fine. But you'll feel a difference in a couple weeks. Uh, but it's just so encouraging that they're going to come to our city and sow a bunch of seeds of the gospel and do a lot of prayer. So it's amazing. And then right after uh, that, on, um, we are at our college ministry, our college students are doing our own spring break mission trip that we call Revive. Woo! Come on. Everybody say Revive. Let's go. Revive. That's our spring break mission trip for our college students. And registration is finally open and available. And so if you are a college student in this room, I want to highly encourage you to come with us. This is, I would submit to you, the most fruitful thing you can do with your spring break. It's going to be far better than going home and sleeping until noon and watching Netflix all day and getting rest. You're not going to come back refreshed after that. That's not what's going to happen. But if you come and join with the people of God and live on mission and worship and pray and spend extra time with God and learn how to do outreach. I mean, this is going to be so worth your time. So highly encourage you guys to do it. Uh, you can register today. It's $100 to go, and all you need to do when you register is pay half of that $50 deposit, and you can reserve your spot. But sign up. We are, we are That happens eight, the 18th through the 25th. We are going to Norman, Oklahoma to go partner with the Antioch Church there and go do some outreach at OU. All right? We've got a few folks that represent Norman and like the, those, those Sooners over there, but... Um, but anyways, we'll pick Suey. Uh, just that basketball game yesterday. Anyways, the basketball team's doing great. Anyways, sorry. Um, all right. Now, in light of all this stuff happening in March, 
I've been sharing this, and I shared it last week when I uh, preached, but we are, we want to prepare the way in light of all this gospel sharing and outreach that's going on. We want to prepare the way in prayer. And so starting this Tuesday, March 1st, we are excited to announce that we are officially opening our prayer room here at Antioch, all right? Woohoo! Yeah, prayer room! Let's go! Maybe one day it'll be 24-7, but when, when you're here 24-7 to unlock all the doors. But anyways, but right now we've got just a few days a week uh, that we are opening up the prayer room. It's on the other side of this room that you can see through those windows. We have a little prayer room over there. And we want to just saturate the month of March with so much prayer and worship and intercession because the, the things that we want to see God do this month with all the outreach happening, like we can't do it ourselves. We can't change the heart of a person, but through asking the Lord to move and to pour out his spirit and to soften hearts, he can do it. And we want to partner with him in prayer. And uh, my kind of challenge to our church body is I would love for every single person in our church to spend at least one hour in the prayer room in the month of March. And so there is a, uh, we're going to have a prayer room webpage that we'll send out to you guys where you can look at the hours, you can figure out, can I make a time slot here? Can I uh, come in between classes if you're a student? But to spend some time worshiping and interceding. Also, every Tuesday in the month of March, starting uh, this Tuesday, we're going to be doing what we call EMPs, which is early morning prayer. So we're going to do it every single Tuesday morning in the month of March. Uh, And so you're welcome to come 6.30 a.m. before work, before class, and join us right up there in the prayer room to pray and intercede to see God move. So a lot of prayer. You guys good with that? You guys still believe in the power of prayer? Let's go. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, I'm excited for the message this morning. I am not preaching today, so you guys get to hear from someone else. But we are in week four of this Alone with God series. Everybody say Alone with God. And our focus has been really strengthening this place of our like, one-on-one connection with God. These times of worship are really powerful, but they become even more significant and more powerful when it's a room full of people that are already personally connecting with God, and then you bring what you have into this place of worship. The faith level just goes through the roof, and really it's through connecting with God that we find all good fruit in our life. And so we're going to hear more about that. We'll get to hear from Madeline Jones in just a little bit here, so I'm excited. Her and her husband lead the discipleship school, and Larry just joined our staff as the executive pastor. And I'm just so thankful for these two and thankful so much for Madeline and especially in what she's sharing this morning. I've been walking closely with them for years, um, and she's going to be talking about spending alone time with God, and she has authority in this. And you're going to hear a lot of her testimony, but this is a woman that takes this seriously. She gets alone with God and knows that she needs him. And so as she's sharing these uh, little tips and these things and these thoughts, would love for you to take good notes and receive it all because I mean, this is a game changer in all of our lives is our consistency in getting alone with him. All right? So y'all help me welcome up Madeline Jones. Take it away, Madeline. Good morning. I'm kind of bummed because I was actually wearing that same outfit as Mitchell and I changed, which would have been so much more fun to be matching. I love to match. So opportunity missed. There we are. Good morning. It is fun to be here this morning. It felt like when I preached at the Holiday Inn, I was kind of preaching at like a seminar or a conference and now it feels like I'm preaching at a church. So this is good. This is a great morning. Like Mitchell said, my name is Madeline. Larry is my husband. We have a couple kids. Number three, baby number three coming in July, baby Jones number three. Um, My three-year-old is convinced that we're going to name the baby Kevin. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but no matter what, the baby's name is Kevin. I'm not, we're not so convinced, Larry and I are not. (laughs) But like I said, I am excited to be here. And before I get started, actually, 
Um, I was praying for you guys, uh, I think a couple days ago, and I felt like the Lord shared with me Isaiah 61, verse 11, and it didn't really feel that important or pertinent, and so I wasn't going to share it, but here we are. Uh, Isaiah 61, verse 11 says, for as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord will cause righteousness and, st- and praise to sprout up before all nations. And just earlier, as I was worshiping, I was thinking about um, this church and thinking about how a couple years ago we moved from Texas here to plant this church to help the Welches plant this church. And when I pictured this church and when I pictured the people that were going to be a part of this church, you guys have exceeded my expectations by far. Like knowing you, discipling you, investing in you, hanging out with you, serving with you, you've exceeded my expectations by far. The earth is sprouting up good things, and it's you guys. It's, it's like the life that's in you. It's the Jesus that's in you. It's the righteousness. It's the praise. And as we were praising God, I'm like, yes, yes, this is it. So just to encourage you guys, when I came here to plant this church and I pictured who was going to be sitting in this room in my mind, you have far exceeded my expectations of what I thought a church could look like, and it's because you have sown into righteousness, into praise, into Jesus and I can tell by your lives. And I know that because I know a lot of you, and if I don't know you, I know it's true because I want to know you. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about time with God. Who has been encouraged the last three weeks about this time with God series? I have been so encouraged. The first week, as Mitchell talked about who we're spending time with and spending time with God, and everyone came up here, and we were on our knees, and we were just like, God, we need more of you. I was like, that was stirring my faith. And then next week, as Mitchell, the next week, Mitchell modeled time with God and gave us practicals and tools and tips on what to do and actually what to do during our time with God. I was challenged. I was like, oh, I do some of those things, but I could definitely do some of those things better. And so that was challenging. And then last week, as you guys, Joey and Kelly and Martin, you guys shared testimonies about how God has actually changed your life, I was like, I don't even need to preach. Like, that's it. Like, what they talked about is it. You know, that is it. When God comes in and, and changes mindsets and changes your hearts as you faithfully meet with him every, every single day, it is so powerful. I am still going to preach, <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> and I could talk about this topic forever. I was recently in actually like a training about a year ago, and the, the prompt in this training was I needed to talk for two minutes straight. And I am an internal processor. Raise your hand if you're an internal processor. Anyone in the room? Okay, so I'm way better in my head. I don't really like talking out loud. If I could choose, I would never talk out loud. I would only think. But then I would be socially awkward and kind of weird. Um, And so I do say things out loud. And so this person said, you need to talk for two minutes. And I couldn't do it. I was about 45 seconds in, and the instructor was like my partner. And I was like, I got nothing left to say, you know? And she was like, you still have a minute and 15 seconds. And I was like... I got nothing, you know? But this topic, I actually think I could talk about forever, for 1,200 hours, which I'm not going to. I'm going to let you guys go to lunch. Um, But I love it. I love time with God. I love spending time with God. We're going to read John 15. But before we do that, I was feeling really encouraged this week because I was spending time with God. And actually, actually I was about to spend time with God. Larry was walking out the door to go to work, and Everly was in my lap. I was getting my alone time with God with my one-year-old. If you're a mom, you know sometimes your alone time with God includes your children. Um, but I was spending time with God, and Everly had woken up a little bit earlier, and Larry said, Larry was walking out the door, and he said, so what are you about to do? I said, I'm going to spend time with God, and Everly was sitting in my lap, and she climbed out of my lap and walked to the hutch that we keep my Bible and journal, and went and grabbed my Bible and journal and brought it to me, and I was like, Larry, I spent 
she knows. Like, she's one, and she knows what time with God means. And she said, Bible, 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 and brought it to me. And so I was just so encouraged by that little piece of, like, okay, that's fruit of, of my life, that she knows what time with God is, and she's able to compute that's where time with God starts, is in that little hutch with the Bible and journal, and she came out and brought it. So encouraging that it is worth it to spend time with God. Okay, I'm going to read John 15. Open your Bibles to John 15, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 17. So be prepared. I'm reading it off my paper, but it is the Bible, ESV if you're wondering. Copied from BibleGateway.com. Are you there? Are you at John 15? Okay. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by, by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone doesn't abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love, for if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, as someone lays life down for his friend. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I have called you friend. For all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit, and fruit that should abide. So whatever you ask in my father's name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the truth from John 15. I ask today, this morning, as we continue in this Alone with God series, um, that you would give a revelation of just you, how much you love every person in this room, and how much you want to spend time with them. Yeah, God, would you speak? Spirit of the living God, would you come in and speak to every heart? And if it's like nothing, even if it's like not even one word that I that came from this message, would you just like speak to them? I don't even really care what <laughs> it's about, but would it bring transformation and breakthrough? Would you just like, I just ask, Spirit of God, that, you're, that your spirit would come in and speak to hearts and speak to lives and bring transformation. In your name we pray, amen. When I was in the seventh grade, <coughs> I went on a mission trip to Asia. Let's not talk about the fact that I was in the seventh grade and I went on a mission trip to Asia. My parents were crazy. That is very far. And I was very young. Um, but I did. And before you could go on this mission trip, you had to memorize John 15, 1 through 17. And as a seventh grader, I didn't really care about the passage. I just did it to get on the airplane and go on the trip. The only part I cared about was like <laughs> verses 15, 16, and 17 that say, like, um, I no longer call you servant, but I call you friend because a friend doesn't know, a servant doesn't know his master's business, but a friend does. And I only cared about that because I just wanted to know who had a crush on me and my best friend, like from God, so I could know beforehand, so I could like plan accordingly, you know, like I, we could decide, you know, like all typical seventh graders, that's really all you care about. And so that's really the only verse that was pertinent or relevant to me at the time. 
But as I was older, I started to realize that's maybe not the most important verse in that passage. Um, and if it is, it doesn't matter who has a crush on you when you're in the seventh grade. <laughs> uh, but I realized as I got older that that verse, that, that passage was not only foundational, but it was like survival. And that pastor knew what he was talking about whenever he had us memorize it as seventh graders going on a trip because he knew that we couldn't survive middle school without that passage, let alone get on an airplane and go to Asia without that passage, right? Abiding in him. He knew what was going on. So as I got older, the revelation of that passage got deeper in me, and I went on more mission trips, and so I had to keep memorizing that passage. And so John 15, 1 through 17, is like something that is a pillar, foundational to me. It is like a survival passage that I hold on to very tight. And somewhere around high school, I also realized that all I really want to do with my life is to know Jesus and make him known. That's my top highest priority is I want to know Jesus and I want to make him known. So then in high school, it clicked. Oh, the way that I know Jesus and make him known in John 15, they have to be linked somehow. And so I'm getting this revelation and I kind of am starting to be like, okay, this is helpful. This is how I know Jesus and make him known. John 15 is going to help me with that. Um, so around high school is when I started spending time with God every day. And since high school, which was like 10-ish years ago, I've been spending time with God every day, through almost every day, through almost every season of my life. And I wish I could say it was because I was like the most put together, disciplined, organized, well-structured, planned person. And anyone in the room who actually knows me is like chuckling, you know, because I, I don't like doing the same thing two days in a row. I don't like waking up early. I don't like timeliness. I don't like being on time or getting anywhere on time. I don't like doing anything routine or schedule, I actually despise them. Google Calendar is my nightmare of all nightmares. Apple phone, all of it. I just don't like it. So when it comes to like who should be the best at spending time with God, my name is not at the top of that list. It's at the very bottom. But yet, for the last 10 plus years, almost every day through almost every season, I have been meeting with God. Do you want to know why? You do? <laughs> you want to know why? Again, it's not because of me. Because somewhere in high school, I realized if I wanted to know Jesus and make him known, if I wanted to bear eternal fruit, John 15, 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in, it, I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If I want to know Jesus and make him known, if I want to bear eternal fruit, I can do how many things? How many one thing apart from him. How many? Leslie, no thing. I can do no thing. <laughs> Zero things apart from him. The reason I spend time with God is because I believe that knowing Jesus and making him known, bearing any eternal fruit, I can do nothing. I can do some things apart from him, right? Like there's people out there that win the Nobel Prize and win the Olympics. and They do all these things <laughs> that are amazing and very talented and better than I could ever do. But do they have any eternal value? No. They, no. And so unless, if we want to live lives that, have, that matter in eternity, when we get to heaven and we want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in the joy of my master. You've lived a life that is pleasing to me. I, I love it, you know? If we want that to be said, we must abide in him. We must. We must, we must, we must. So that is the reason I spend time with God every single day. I'm going to break that why down a little bit more into three C's. Anyone um, like English, alliteration, English? We got some English majors, okay? Um, and we got, so we got an alliteration, three C's for you, for all you English majors. <laughs> if you're an English major, you should not look at my notes because they are very poorly punctuated. Um, three C's, everyone say three C's. Three C's of why 
we meet with God. And my hope is that this, some of this might feel like kind of like a little bit of repeat from Mitchell's sermon a couple weeks ago, but my hope is that it kind of just like gets in you a little bit deeper and a little bit more challenging of just like, and a little bit encur- a lot more encouraging of just like, like this is another perspective of why it matters and like what's the significance. Because I'm going to share some testimonies of my life and how it would look really different without it. Okay, the first D, connection. Everyone say connection. connection. We meet with God for connection. John 15, verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. We must connect with God in order to bear fruit. We must connect with God in order to bear fruit. And yes, I'm talking about external fruit, like loving people and living on mission. Like we have to know our identity as sons and daughters in order to really love the people around us. And we have to be reading the word of God in order to really obey the word of God and fulfill the great commission. Like, yes, I'm talking about like external fruit, but I'm also talking about internal fruit. What is it called? Ephesians 5, 22 through 23. There is something called the hmm of the spirit. What is it? The fruit of the spirit. What are they? They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I don't think it's a coincidence that the fruit of the Spirit in Ephesians is called fruit of the Spirit because fruit comes from the vine, vine comes from abiding, abiding comes from connection. In order to bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, in order for God to do things in us that are externally produced, that are good, that are righteous, that are holy, we have to be abiding in the vine. Going back to verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I know that verse all too well. I am in desperate need, desperate need of the fruit of the Spirit every single day. The last three weeks, Larry has been up at the church. I have felt like a single mom. If you are a single mom or dad out here, I love you and you're amazing. And I'm so proud of everything you're doing because it is so hard. I have felt like a single mom with very sick kids, adding a snowstorm on the back of it. And I'm just like so stir crazy I could lose it, you know? (laughs) And so I'm spending time with God. I'm like, okay, God, SOS. You know, like things are looking pretty grim. I need you, you know? (laughs) And um, I felt like the Lord just said, he said, Madeline, and this is actually before I even was practicing the sermon. He was just reminding me of the fruit of the Spirit. And he was like, Madeline, um, parenting is a balance of faithfulness and self-control. Be faithful to steward their little hearts and have self-control with your responses. And so literally for the last two weeks, I've been like, <gasps> faithfulness and self-control. Okay, whoo, this is a lot of poop right there, and I'm over it, you know? <laughs> and we, uh, okay, let's clean it up, you know? We're okay, we're all right, everyone's good. I love you, you know, we're making this. Or, you know, okay, you pushed her down for the 5,000th time. Please stop pushing down your little sister, you know? Okay, please, let's not push down our little sister. How do we treat her with kindness and gentleness? You know, I'm like pausing. I'm thinking faithfulness and self-control, faithfulness and self-control, faithfulness and self-control, because I am in desperate need of the fruit of the Spirit. I would have never got the revelation of the power of the fruit of the Spirit. I would have never got the revelation of what I needed unless I would have abided in the vine. I had to abide because fruit comes from abiding. Fruit comes from connection. And to top it all off, the person we get to connect with is the best. He's just the best. Verse 15, through, verse 15 through 17, the one that I said I loved when I was in seventh grade. No longer do I call you servants because servants don't know their master's business. But friends do. Friends get to know their master's business. And so he's the one that's revealing to us, hey, faithfulness and self-control is really going to help you this week. Trust me, you know? He's the one that's revealing to us, like, hey, in this work situation, how about you respond like this? He's the one that's revealing to us. He's the one that's revealing to us these little things as we connect, as we abide with him. 
And at verse 17, the end of it says, these things I command you so that you will love one another. And I love that. I love that as we connect with him, he gives us the power and the ability to love the people around us in the secrets and the clues of the kingdom of God. This is how you love this person with a kingdom mindset. This is how you love this person the way Jesus loves this person. This is how you disciple your kids the way Jesus would. Like he's just giving us these little secrets as we connect with him. That's so cool. <laughs> the next C is commitment. And what I mean here specifically is just being committed in our hearts to let the Lord prune, mold, and shape us into what he wants. John 15, verse 2 says, Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it may bear more fruit. Anyone in here have a flower bed or a garden or anything that grows weeds? Anyone? Some people? Wow, we don't have very many uh, flower people out here. Um, so last fall, Larry and I's garden got... <laughs> severely overgrown. You could, I guess it was a flower bed. It wasn't a garden. Our flower bed got severely overgrown. You couldn't tell the difference between a bush and a weed. It was just all weeds. And so Larry and I had to spend maybe like four or five days, like hours worth of just like ripping it all up and pulling out all the weeds and remulching and like just doing a lot of hard lawn work, <laughs> you know, getting thorns all in our hands. You know why we had to do that? Because we weren't faithful to pull out the five weeds that grow every three days, you know? We weren't faithful to just, like, pluck the tiny things here and there. We just let it grow and grow and grow until it was a flower bed just full of weeds. And we do that with our hearts, don't we? If we're not faithful to pull out the little things, if we're not faithful to go in and just be like, okay, God, like, is there any lies I'm believing? Or is there anything that you need to tell me? And we don't let him speak and get the revelation and the truth, then eventually our hearts look like Larry and I's flower bed, this big old nasty pile of weeds, right? <laughs> And so in order to bear fruit, we need to be committed to meet with God. And it takes commitment because you have to do it. Because honestly, y'all, lies and insecurity and pain and all this bad stuff, it comes up like maybe every hour of your whole life. You know, even if you think you're holy and you have it all together, it still comes up. And so you have to be faithful to meet with God every day because there was 24, well, maybe you were asleep for like eight of it. So however many, I'm not good at math, however many hours you were awake, that's how many hours of stuff you might have going on, you know? So we need to be committed to, to um, we need to be committed to meet with God. Two reasons, two subpoints, if you will, that we need to be committed. One is for revelation. When we meet with God, He reveals to us the places that we have lies in our hearts. The same story of the last three weeks as I've been feeling like a single mom and struggling. <laughs> I'm start. I realize I'm starting to believe some lies. This is hard. I don't like it. I don't want to be at home all day. What if I got a job? You know, wouldn't that be more fun? Take a break from my kids. I'm starting to believe these things. My kids are hard. So if I didn't get a revelation from God about a truth about my kids and truth about my life, the truth is I wanted to be a mom my whole life. I'm like living my dream currently. Wow, I'm going to let the enemy steal that from me from lies? But if I didn't meet with God and connect with him and let him reveal to me some of the different thought patterns that I was believing, then the fruit that I produce in the next 5, 10, 15 years would look pretty nasty. And it probably wouldn't be obedient to God. So the two subpoints under why we connect with God is revelation and fruit. And my question on the fruit is what kind of fruit are you going to bear? If you don't get the revelation, I, I'm, I'm like going to question what the fruit's going to look like. If you're not connecting with God and you're not meeting with him, then for me, the fruit would have looked like believing my kids were hard. And continuing to believe that day in and day out. 
maybe actually going to get some sort of a job, which is not what I feel like God's called me to. I've cl- I feel like he's called me to disciple them in my home and raise them. So like the fruit would be disobedience. So if we don't get the revelation, what will the fruit look like if we don't connect with God? And it is hard, y'all. It takes diligence and it takes honesty in order to meet with God and talk about these things. But the promise, you bear more fruit and you bear lasting, eternal, good fruit. God is our power source and he's our key to bearing good fruit. And Truett is learning this with the weed situation firsthand. Um, We are constantly having to remove little weeds in his little heart and his little life all day, every day, just kind of redirect and shape and help him to learn what it looks like to grow up to be a righteous man of God. And so in my discipline routine, I was spending time with God and I was asking God, we need help. I need, I need truth from you. What do I do? And God said, um, you need to have truth memorized Romans 12, 11, which for it's in the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And so we say that every time when Truett gets disciplined, if he's doing something wrong, I pull him aside and I say, Truett, discipline in the moment seems, and he'll say painful, he'll say it, he knows, he'll say painful rather than pleasant, and I say, but what is it going to yield in our lives, and he says the peaceful fruit of righteousness, like he will say it, my three-year-old will say it confidently, you know, um, and that's what's happening in us, the word discipline actually in Greek means like training or child rearing in this context, and so in our hearts, for in the moment, all training, all of the things that God's revealing to us, all of this, all of this that's happening in our hearts seems painful, rather than pleasant. You know, I'm like, oh, these lies are hard. I don't want to deal with them. I don't want true. They just want to believe it. I just want to whine and complain and think that my life is terrible. You know, like that just seems easier, but it seems painful rather than pleasant, but it yields the peaceful, what is the word again? Fruit. Fruit comes from abiding. Fruit comes from connection. Fruit comes from being in the word of God. Peaceful fruit of righteousness, and that's what we want, the peaceful fruit of righteousness. The third C is communication. Oh, these are backwards. Sorry, guys. Here we are. Did we go from the bottom up? Commitment, connection, communication? Oh, we went from the middle? Oh, wow, that's how my brain works. If y'all are thinking, that's actually how my brain works. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Welcome to Madeline's brain. Um, Communication is the third C. Why do we spend time with God to communicate with him? Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask in my father's name, he may give it to you. We abide in him. We bear fruit with him. When we do these things, we can ask whatever we wish and it will be given. Now, small asterisk star. This doesn't mean that you get whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, in whatever way you want it. That's not necessarily what it means. Maybe. I hope that that's how your prayer life works. That's amazing. Y'all can pray for me. I've got a long list of things. (laughs) But it's not always works that way. It works with God's timing and what God's plan is and what God has that's best for you. But regardless, ask, ask whatever you wish. And I love that. Same thing with kids. If you have kids, you know, sometimes it's like 730 in the morning and I'm getting my kids out of bed and they're like, hey, can we have some candy? I'm like, no. First off, no normal person wants candy at 7.30 in the morning, except for maybe Larry, because he wants it all the time. But no normal person wants candy at 7.30 in the morning. And two, you cannot have candy probably this whole day because it turns you into a crazy person. And three, you haven't even had breakfast. You know, like, just give me one minute. But still, with full, like, expectancy that I'm going to say yes. You're like, 100%, they're like, can I have some candy, you know? And you're like, oh, my gosh, no, you know? But that is how we should approach the throne. 
with full expectancy that at 7.30 in the morning, you're going to get a piece of candy. You might not. <laughs> I hope you do if that's what you're asking for, but that's how we should approach the throne. God, can I? And, I? and even as I was thinking about this and as I was preparing this, I was like, wow, I don't think I'm asking for enough things. So I made this list, and it says audacious candy prayers. And I've got a list, and there's about five things on there that are ridiculous that I don't even need. Like, they're not, like, they're, I just want them, you know? And actually, and, and, and he, maybe he'll answer them, and maybe he won't, but what I want to practice is asking whatever we wish in his name and seeing what he does. And I think that this other, the other part of this that I think is one of my favorite parts about spending time with God is honestly, y'all, like asking whatever you wish in his name, this like communication piece of spending time with God is one of my favorite parts, if not my favorite part of meeting with the Lord, because I think time with God is the only place that I'm able to be like fully, really 100% myself and share fully, really 100% what's going on in my heart. Um, because when I'm sharing things with Larry or with a close friend or family, I'm kind of filtering it to take care of them a little bit. And I'm not trying to, but like if, if something hurtful happened, like if, if someone, says, someone says something hurtful to me, then I'm going to try. I'm like, okay, I don't really want to gossip. I want to honor them. But this was hurtful, and this is how I'm feeling. This is what they said. It's making me mad. God doesn't get the filtered version. He just gets it all. He gets the good and the bad and the ugly. I don't care about his feelings. I don't care what he's going to think of me. I'm like, this is it, you know? This is nasty, and this is gross, and this is my heart, and this is painful, but this is it. And so this communication with peace with God is, feels so crucial because it might be the only place that you can really be real. And once you meet with him and hear the truth and you're able to talk to someone and be like, okay, this is what God said. You know, maybe this is what I was feeling, but this is what God said. And I like, <laughs> I have to have that. I have to have this like place with the Lord that I can be real, 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 real Madeline. Because I, I honestly am like everywhere else has like, is a little bit filtered or a little bit, um, I'm a little bit more censored. And communication. Asking and abiding brings transformation and life change. And what's also really cool is when you ask, he will give things, like he will give not just like answers to prayer, but revelation. So if you're like, God, I just need like, I just need like for my parenting situation, like, okay, God, I need revelation on how to be a better mom. He like is faithful to give it to me. So it's not just like necessarily interceding. It's also like just asking for little things. Like, God, I need all green lights on the, light, on the way to work because I'm late, you know? And, he'll, and he'll, maybe he'll do it, you know? Or, God, I need a front row parking spot. Or, God, I need just like asking, like letting him be your friend, abiding in him, connecting with him, asking him things, and he'll give you kingdom revelation. Or he'll give you green lights. Both will be awesome. <laughs> so those are the three C's, apparently in completely random order, but you know them now. <laughs> communication, commitment, connection. But there are a few more, I guess, what I would call tips and tricks that have been, um, or mindsets maybe, that have been helpful for me. Because like I said, as I've been spending time with God for the last 10 years, I've had some like ups and downs. And so these are some things that have been helpful for me, or when I look back at these years, I'm like, okay, these are some like pretty pivotal or pillar things that I learned. Um, the first one is Time with Jesus takes sacrifice and diligence. Time with Jesus takes sacrifice and diligence. So, for example, the morning that Everly was up and I was cuddling her and she went and got my Bible and journal for me, I could have been like, okay, Everly woke up, done. You know, like, we're done. Time with God is over. Like, 
I don't have alone time with God, so I'm not going to do it. But instead, I was like, no, this is going to take sacrifice, and it's going to take diligence. I'm still going to meet with God. It just might not look the way I was initially planning on it looking. Or if you really are committed to meet with God, but you stay up till 1 a.m. and you wake up at 6 a.m. to go to work, there might be some sacrifice and some diligence that needs to get shifted there a little bit. Maybe you need to go to bed at 11 in order to have the energy to wake up to spend time with God. You're going to have to move things around. You're going to have to give up some things in order to be diligent in your time with God. I'm going to take a small drink of water. Small pause. (laughs) Thanks, Tyler. (laughs) The next mindset is to surround yourself with accountability. If you have been discipled by me or you are discipled uh, by me right now, every time in discipleship, I ask you, how is your what? Time with God. How's it going? How's your time with God? Every time. Even if we don't talk about anything else, we are talking about our times with God. Because you need accountability. So if it's your roommate, if it's your disciples, if it's a friend, you got to have accountability. Larry's actually really good at this. He has all sorts of personal accountabilities. Like a couple weeks ago, I think he wasn't, him and Jared weren't eating until they had spent time with God. And so if they didn't spend time with God, they didn't get to eat that whole day. And then during like Christmas break, he'll always text a group of guys and be like, okay, we're spending time with God every single day this, this week over Christmas break or whatever. And so and Larry and I will do it to each other, too. If you have a roommate or a spouse and you notice that they're a little off after a couple days, you know, just really gently be like, so how's my time with God going, you know? <laughs> and it's, like, almost immediate that they're like, oh, you know, like, oh. <laughs> um, and you can do it with grace, and you can be like, well, maybe we should get back on that. But <laughs> surround yourself with accountability. If you're the one that's, like, the, hum- the humble one that's willing to surround yourself, then it will only bear, f- like, more fruit in your life. So surround yourself with accountability. Adapt, but don't compromise. So again, spending time with God with little kids looks really different than it used to. Like right now, I used to wake up and get a quiet morning with God and then go to work, and it was just really peaceful. But now it's like you just never really know what the morning's going to look like or who's going to wake up when or who has a cough or, you know, what's, what the result is in the bed whenever they do wake up. Like you just never know. You just never know. And so... But, you, but I have chosen to adapt and not compromise and be like, oh, motherhood's too hard. I'm just not going to spend time with God in this season. It's like what it looks like for me right now is I usually wake up, worship, pray. I've got some, like, crafted prayers that I pray that help my brain be focused. I'll pray these things over my kids or over my family. And then around then, my kids are usually waking up. So then I get them out of bed, and we eat breakfast, and then we all spend time with God together. We read the Psalms, and we do thankfulness, and we journal in our Bible. And then I get out a specific toy for them that's a new toy every morning. And that I've thought about the night before, and I set it out, and they go play in the playroom for about 20 minutes, and I finish journaling and reading my Bible. So my time with God <laughs> starts at like 7.30 and ends at like 10.30, because it just kind of is very uh, interrupted, I guess. But it's adapted to what is fitting my life in this season, but it's not compromised, and I'm not just nixing it. So if you're someone, like Larry, for example, when he worked at Chick-fil-A um, a long time ago, way back in the day, he was waking up at like, he was doing ADS and he was waking up, his shift, he had to be there at like 5.30, which means he had to wake up at 4.30 in order to get ready and had to spend time with God in the threes, you know? He adapted, but he didn't compromise. And then he would take naps that afternoon, <laughs> like all normal people do. So in your life, and I think another huge thing about this is um, like weekends need to be flexible, but they're a really hard time to meet with God, honestly. It's just, like, hard because your day looks different. You're not as structured. So it's really easy for Saturday and Sundays to just, like, not happen. But you, you need it. Remember how I said there's probably, like, 15 or 16 hours worth of lies and pain and things that you're dealing with? Well, then now there's 30 of it because you spent two days not meeting with God, and that's a lot to do on Monday. And so 
finding time adapting to Saturdays and weekends, even when it's, like, hard. The fourth tip or trick mindset is to read your Bible. Y'all, you got to. I love journaling. Actually, that's why I I put this on here is because it's a lot easier for me to just, like, journal and write my thoughts out. But my thoughts are not the word of God. (laughs) They're just not. And even, even as much truth as I know from growing up and from reading my Bible, it's like you got to get it fresh from the word of God. And so pick a chapter or pick a passage and read the Bible. And the fifth one, take things through the cross. And I'm actually going to stay on this one for a minute. I'm going to explain it um, a little bit more. This is a picture that the Lord gave me actually in my time with him a lot of years ago. But um, I was dealing with just like a lot of stuff, and I felt pretty overwhelmed by it. I was like stressed out by my life. I was believing a bunch of lies. There was pastoral situations that I was handling that was just like really heavy. There were people's lives that I loved that were dealing with really painful things. And so I just had like all this just junk and pain that was like in my heart that I didn't really know what to do with. And so I was spending time with God, and I felt like the Lord just gave me this picture, and it was like all my pain and all the brokenness and all the things that I was carrying, and he just had me listed out. And so I just wrote a list. I mean, I, and I think it was like maybe three pages worth of just like things that were in my heart. And he said, I want you to write it all on one side, and then I want you to draw a cross, and I want you to send each one of those things through the cross and receive a truth on the other side. And so I did. I just wrote a list of all these things, of pain, of insecurity, of hurt, and then I just literally pictured it in my mind, like sending like through the cross, through the wooden cross. And on the other side came the truth. So if the insecurity was, I'm not good enough and I, I can't do this, then I would send it through the cross and what God would say was, you're right, you're not good enough and you can't do it, but I am. My power is made perfect in your weakness and through me, you can do anything. So lean in, Madeline. I'm like, okay, that's good. You know, like I can do that. I can press into you. Or if it was like, the situation is really stressful and I'm overwhelmed and I don't have time then I would picture myself sending it through the cross. And I felt like the Lord would say, your boundary lines have fallen in good places, pleasant places, and I have a beautiful inheritance for you. Trust me. And then go take a nap. I'm like, okay, I can do that too. You know, I can do all of that. <laughs> and so I'm gonna, there's actually going to be a picture up here, and it's going to be of that, I guess, diagram or that thing that the Lord taught me. And it can be anything that you send through the cross. You can send lies, you can send pain, you can send insecurity, doubt, fear, circumstances, stressful situations. I mean, like, literally, y'all, the other day, I'm sending some things through the cross. Not, I'm not even kidding. I'm like, God, this feels like this motherhood thing is unsustainable. What do I need? And the Lord gave me a dollar amount. He's like, you need this much money a month, and you need this, much, this many hours away from your kids. He, he's like, you need this much money a month so you can pay a babysitter, so you can have this many hours away from your kids. That was the revelation he gave me on the other side of the cross was how much money I need to make, extra money I need to make a month to get a break from my kids. So it can be anything that you're sending through the cross. It can be pain, it can be brokenness, it can be heavy stuff, or it can be like, I'm just really stressed out because I have a lot going on. Will you please tell me what I need to do first today? It can be anything. And he will be faithful to bring truth, hope, life, and ultimately Jesus because the cross represents the resurrected power of the blood of the lamb. The cross represents that there once, at one point in time, 
Death and sin consumed us and controlled us in pain, but it no longer does because we have the power of Jesus Christ who conquered death and sin and pain and brokenness on the cross. We get to live on the left of the cross. As we abide in him, as we connect with him, as we meet with him, we get to live on the left of the cross. But it is going to take diligence and faithfulness to send things through. So we're going to do this. We are going to, I want you to get out your Bibles or your journals or whatever you have with you, if you have any paper, and I want you to draw a cross in the middle of your paper, and I want you on the, le- on the right side, thank you, <laughs> not the most directionally best, on the right side, I want you guys to draw or write out, honestly, using communication with the Lord, You can write it out as honest as you want. A lie, a circumstance, a pain, insecurity, doubt, just like any negative emotion that isn't Jesus. And you can use three pages if you need, or 12, or as many as that are left in your journal. Write out one of those things, and I just want you to send it through the cross. And when you're sending it through the cross, just really simply ask God, Father God or Jesus, what's the truth that you want me to believe instead? So if it's a lie, I'm not good enough, what's the truth you want me to believe instead? If it's a stressful situation, what's the truth you want me to believe instead? If it's insecurity or pain or doubt, what's the truth you want me to receive instead? And just a little coaching, the truth is going to be something that encourages you and uplifts you. It's not going to be shame or guilt or condemnation. If anything, is, if anything negative is coming on the left of the cross, that's not Jesus. He speaks life and hope and restoration. And so if it is not life or hope or restoration or peace or joy, if it's not one of the fruit of the Spirit or, or like truth from the Word of God, if it's not something like that, it might not be from the Lord because he's not going to tell you something that's, that's filled with shame or condemnation or negativity because he's good. He calls us friends, not servants. He's revealing to us his kingdom. So the band's just going to kind of play music in the background And we're going to do this for like two to three minutes. Just write down as many things as you need to or want to um, and ask God for truth. I'm going to pray. And yeah, and then you guys are going to get to work. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for John 15, that we get to abide in you and we get to bear fruit. Just ask God that as we take things through the cross and we get a revelation of truth, revelation of you, Jesus, that it would like redo things in us, like maybe even lies or thoughts that we've been believing for years. Would you bring restoration through Jesus? Yeah, if there's anything, God, would you just, Spirit of God, just really kindly reveal it to us? Anything, anything, God. You, like you, you reveal to us what we need. You reveal to us the truth that we need. Because we need you, Jesus. We can't do it. We can't live life without you. We desperately need you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. Our eternal fruit is nothing apart from you. So we love you, Jesus. Would you speak to us? Speak to every heart in this room. In your name we pray. Amen.